Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that still hasn't got a new tagline. So for now, it gets under the skin of science as we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Today's episode is quite a nice follow-on, if I do say so myself, from last week's meat episode as they're both a part of that seductive lure of New Year, New Me, or New You, if you like. Uh, I want to know whether we can have a fresh start, and completely change our personalities. <laughs> well, hey, I'm quite happy with my personality, really. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, surprises me. I'd, I'd like to change other people's personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, a fresh start, really, because uh, the day after we recorded that uh, thing about not eating meat, yeah. you sent me a photo of your cooked breakfast, which yeah. was extremely meaty, with a, yeah. with a, a caption, oops. Yeah, and uh, and in fairness, you said that looks delicious. <laughs> yeah, well, it did. <laughs> You're immediately jealous. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't think. Did I make any particular claim that I was going to try and eat less meat, though? No, I mean you, no. you openly said I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and I, and I accept that, and I'm not trying to change that about myself. <laughs> what I want you to do this year is eat octopus. I'm not doing that. What are you but, on about? Well, because you're eating pigs and you might as well eat octopus. So no, I think no. you should own your hypocrisy and just no, eat, eat n- octopus. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Um, but genuinely, have you ever given any thought to changing your personality? Um, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes there's there's, there's traits. Which bits aren't don't there. you like? Well, the the keep keep it to five minutes. <laughs> the bit I don't like is the bit that's a bit of a people pleaser, in that mm. I try and sort of you know steer the middle ground, keep everyone happy, mm. and I'd really like to be the kind of person who just screws everyone over really for his mm. own benefit mm. um i remember going to a book launch with a friend of mine kevin dutton who um his is he the psychopath yeah the, the psychopath yeah. test sort of guy um his, his book but who, is, who is a psychopath yeah the wisdom of psychopaths was it was one of the books that he wrote he wrote one with andy what's it? andy mcnab the the right, SAS, zero. yeah sas guy mm-hmm. and it was basically saying the book was about how to be more psychopath Mm-hmm. And like how to and I I was at the launch and they did a talk about this whole thing and I came out of there going right that's it I'm going to do it I'm going to be that guy who who thinks about what do I need what do I want right I'm going to sort this out I'm going to sort that out I'm just going to say no more of that mm. did I no no I didn't I bet there's nothing you'd change about your personality um not particularly. No, <laughs> which is, which is in, in itself a person. Because you're right? nearly a psychopath. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, there, there is a, you know, you've got to be realistic here. My entire career, and we could have an argument about whether my career has been successful or not, for sure. <laughs> we, we certainly could. But is predicated on my personality. That's that's all it is, really. It's, it's all you've like, got, effectively. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And, it, and I think I've done okay 
therefore... Well, given your personality, well, I think you've done very well. <laughs> I think stick with it. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to hopefully this week see if a sort of concerted push for, you know, whether it's trying to be more productive or trying to eat better or just generally sort of change things about ourselves, the things that make us us, is actually possible or whether it's just a sort of form of self-flagellation <laughs> well I, I, i'd be into that yeah yeah self-flagellation is another thing i do yeah. that i shouldn't <laughs> the concept of personality is something which has always fascinated the psychology community what makes us who we are why do some people behave and act in certain ways how is our personality different from the people around us Humans have always tried to understand their fellow man through labels and categories. In ancient Greece, there was Hippocrates, four humours, blood, phlegm, yellow and black bile. In art, there are the classic dramatic archetypes, hero, ingenue, jester and wise man. You might have an astrology app on your phone, in which case, why are you listening to our podcast? Or you might have taken the Myers-Briggs personality test, in which case, why are you listening to our podcast? But is your personality fixed? Every year, people make New Year's resolutions in the hope of changing things about themselves and their personalities once and for all, whether it's to be more outgoing or to be less sensitive to criticism. But are all those wishes in vain? That's why this week we're asking, can we change our personalities? Right, I presume you're not the expert for this. I am not. Our expert is Dr. Christian Jarrett. So he's the deputy editor of Psyche, which is a global online magazine. He's also the author of Be Who You Want, Unlocking the Science of Personality Change. So if you like this episode and you want to know more about it, check that out. Presumably, I mean, if he's written a book called Be Who You Want, this is all possible. So I'm, I'm all ears. Where do we start? Yeah, so I, I asked him, because effectively, with every expert, I'm trying to shoehorn in a way of talking about evolution and animals. <laughs> so I said to him, are there evolutionary reasons that we have personalities? You can see simple forms of personality in animals or even insects and fish and things like that. You can think of personality as almost like a life strategy is one way of looking at it. So in any group of animals and different individuals will occupy different niches. So I remember there was a study on fish and like I think the majority were what the researchers called like, like the equivalent of extroverts. You know, they were daring and risk-taking so they're more likely to get to the, the food first and that kind of thing. But then there's, you do get this range of behavioral disposition and there are, there are those fish who more hang back, they're more cautious. And you know, there are, there are advantages to being that way as well. I think with all the, most of the traits, you can kind of see the pros and cons of occupying different places along the dimension or the spectrum. So that's why, yeah, you, you can see it as in, in evolutionary terms that we all have our kind of innate strategy to life that we've been born with. But we don't have to just accept our kind of natural inclinations. We can choose to change to an extent as well. Now I'm assuming that the introvert fish didn't come out for the study. Well, this is one of the big problems with this entire field I think <laughs> is the sort of people who will be willing to take part in studies 
is is, yeah. is going to be a certain type of person. Yeah, so the, you've the kind of person who's like, study start, me, study me. Yeah, everything's going to start skewing a bit. And so you've got to kind of beware of that the whole the whole time. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I love the fact that he was saying that animals have personalities. And there are some scientists who literally say, yes, you, you find personality across all taxa. And I think personality is probably not quite the right term it's a bit anthropomorphizing i think what yeah okay. what dr christian just said a behavioral disposition and strategy yeah feels like a maybe a better way of putting it yeah. but it is interesting that you typically if you're looking at how an ecosystem works you would sort of look at you know abundance of prey and predators and and, and the numbers and you'd look at the habitat and availability of resources and and then you'd look at the behavior of the of, of the species living there but Quite a key component is arguably the personality of individual animals. Because, and I found this great quote somewhere where someone said, they're not, animals aren't just duplicative automatons doing what they do. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and we're not. And, and none of them are. It, it's kind of obvious that, of course, they're not. They don't all just do exactly the same thing in exactly the same way. Yeah. They do stuff in their own way. And so, even like Darwin, I think this is maybe the last thing he ever wrote in. 1880 or 1881 something like that he was writing about earthworms and he described them as having personalities so he's like some of them are timid some of them are neat and tidy some of them are slovenly i think he's he's off his nut at that point isn't he yeah maybe he's gone by that point but, but <laughs> yeah that's a neat and tidy earthworm yeah. i mean how do you tell that come on charles yeah, what is a neat and tidy? What? Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you, I'm not passing you, that you, one in you, peer you're review. You're not having that. No, no, no. I mean, timid. Well, maybe T timid. Yes, I, I can see that because you, because you get birds Sl that are... slovenly. <laughs> you take. That. Well, I suppose if you slovenly. accept neat and tidy, you have to accept that some are going to be not. <laughs> you, you really do, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, aggressive. My, my point is. He was looking at them and seeing different behaviours. Whether you like the labels, he's, I mean, that is that is proper anthropomorphising. That is, yeah. Well, yes, yes, agreed. Uh, but there but, are, yeah. You get cheeky squirrels in our garden. I think you get some squirrels that are more risk taking. Yeah, you that, do. That, you that will. will, you know, that will just like sit there and watch you for a bit, let you get as close as yeah. possible, and then fuck off as they you, do. You, the most aggressive rodent. Want to have a guess? Um, the aggressive rodent mm. and the way that they test it is quite funny you basically just stick a mirror in front of them so they think it's a rival and see how they react <laughs> oh is it a rat no is it a hamster is that i mean in a way you've just mentioned them it's the american red squirrel apparently oh. unbelievably aggro to the extent <laughs> that if you've been doing so if a scientist has been doing some uh, experiments with the squirrel and then releases it back into the wild yeah it'll sort of run up the tree and then it'll come, it'll come back down and scream at you, <laughs> which I really like. So it basically sorts out its escape route first. It's yeah. Like, yeah, fine, I can yeah. get away. And, right. and then comes and bollocks you. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Don't you fucking do that again. <laughs> you put that mirror in front of me. <laughs> but again, that's not all red squirrels. There must be some no, red no, squirrels. No, no, no. And they're all going to be like, on a, you know, fine, whatever. On, on a continuum. And can so, I go now? And, and this can actually be really important in a in an ecosystem. So if you take the example of um, mice, let's say, um, and a mouse comes across a seed and it can sort of gobble it up and and, and, um, and maybe it digests it and and you don't end up with, with a, a plant sprouting up. Yeah. Or you can get one that 
buries the seed for later. Yeah. Uh, and you get a, a plant sprouting. Or if you've got like quite a bold mouse, it might roam further and bury it further away. And so having those bolder animals will have an effect on how far that plant can spread. Oh, yeah. yeah. And allow it even to like, adapt to things like climate change. Yeah. So it's really it's it's really significant, um, and and you can sort of if if you're looking for like what is the measure of success for for animals really it's living long enough to to reproduce it's yeah. the most yeah. basic one isn't it and there's always a sort of gamble you're taking between your current sort of success and your future success so in a way do you reproduce now or do you defer and wait a bit until you might be in a place where resources are more abundant so do you sort of stick or twist really yeah, yeah. Um, and and different animals but, but within species, within the species like different yeah, yeah, individuals yeah. will treat that differently so it's sort of you know do, do i go and explore or not yeah um do let's, i let's be clear they're not using birth control though no i don't think they are i don't think <laughs> they're doing the uh, the pull out method <laughs> um or you know when you're faced with a predator so a sort of classic dove hawk thing yeah. like do you stay and fight like a hawk so increased chance of dying but also increased reward if you defend your territory yeah. and you get to stay where there's where there's good stuff yeah or if you're a dove do you do, do you shit yourself and and run away now that's good because you're decreasing your chance of death in the moment but might but is a waste of time and you're losing territory and resources potentially. Yeah, yeah. And so it's always a kind of balance. And the way that you an individual will approach those questions is gonna be governed by the individual's personality. Yeah. But presumably, like if you're a risk taker mm. and you you're more likely to go out and say, you know, head out of your nest or whatever and go and get some uh, some food from further away, you you're exposing yourself to danger more but you've got the the potential upside of like much better quality food to take back to the nest say. yes and then that will have evolutionary ramifications won't it because yeah. you know it might be that that all the risk tech takers get eaten yeah or it might be that, that all the timid ones starve to death and yeah and, and they're, they're no longer in the game sort of yeah. thing so yeah so it, it, you can see how it will play out down the generations but but also i think that when you when you kind of model this stuff using a bit of game theory you realize that having a range of personalities is useful and you can certainly see that if you think about human evolution like why having different traits and skills in your little tribe your little community yeah would be would be beneficial as, yeah, a, as, a, yeah, as a life yeah. strategy. If you're a social creature, then obviously you want to have a range of personality types because if everyone's a kind of, you know, aggressive, go-getting risk-taker, that's, that's, that's not ideal, That's not going to be great, no. Also, I don't want in on that. No, that's a nightmare. That's a <laughs> terrible party I know those to go people. to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, you do a podcast with one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one hour a week, that's all I can take. All right, so so given the difficulties of you know, I'm, I know there's difficulties in defining personality traits and everything else, but but how how do you go about testing it or, or analysing them? You know, given the sort of categories that we have. Yeah, I mean, even before we before we come onto that, it's probably worth thinking about what we mean by personality. So how would you how would you define Ooh. personality? Well, I like that life strategy thing mm, that, mm -hmm. that Christian Jarrett came up yeah, with. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's quite a good... It's sort of your general approach to circumstances and people, isn't it? Mm. Or your response to circumstances and people. Yeah, yeah. And and it's uh, you're looking for consistency, I think. Yeah. And, and you know, this has been quite sort of contentious. So the guy who did the... Um, I can't think of his name, sorry. The guy who did the marshmallow experiment at Stanford... You know, the, the one where you, you put a kid in front of a marshmallow, you say, if you oh, wait yeah, I can't 10 minutes, there, you get another marshmallow. Yeah. Water something, probably. Water Michelle? Water yeah. Michelle? Whatever. Doesn't matter what his name is. He he sort of looked at it and said, actually, the thing that determines how people behave is much more about the conditions and the environment than any idea of personality. And he said the correlation between sort of how you behave um, in one situation to the next is is like quite low. It's like 0.3 or something. Oh, really? But then people since then have gone, no. <laughs> I think if you do it over a longer period of time, yes, circumstance obviously has a big role to play, but you can pick out okay. consistency yeah. in approach and, and, and so on. And the correlation is more like 0.9, which is pretty high. Yeah, so you're looking yeah. for consistency in behaviours given... The, the, the environment um and and you kind of like you just know them instinctively about yeah. yourself like yeah. things that that you will probably do in certain contexts that maybe other people wouldn't but you just do them and you couldn't don't can't necessarily explain why yeah they're just yeah i mean your... I, I would struggle to categorize them but i i guess with a lot of people that i know you give me a certain situation, I'll tell you how they'll react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have a you have a sort of intuitive understanding yeah. of what yeah. they what they will do. Um, and so, when it comes to measuring personality, people are really interested in this. And and the test that most people will have heard of is the Myers Briggs personality test. Yes, which is no offence, a crock of shit. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's made up. It's bollocks. Loads of companies still use it. They shouldn't. It's awful. However, there is uh, a Do you want to explain a little bit about why you, you have that quite extreme position? Um, I think we've we've spoken about it before. It was just someone just made it up and somehow it kind of gained a lot of traction. Yeah. People thought it sounded good. But it was um, essentially just made up with no just, expertise just, whatsoever. Exactly that, yeah. yeah. Whereas there is a test called the, the Big Five that does have much more kind of scientific backing seems to stand up. Okay. I mean, there are some question marks over it that we'll, we'll get into a bit bit later. Um, but they divide personality traits up into five key areas. And there's a, there's a handy acronym, which is OCEAN. And so the O stands for openness. Um, and I read a really, I can't remember who it was, but there was a really good article where a, a psychologist sort of gave her archetypes for the kind of people. And it's really funny. Um, so she said her archetype for being very open um, was uh, Da Vinci. Okay. Uh, our favourite. Very open to, open to new ideas, creative, not limited by what what does exist or what people tell him can can happen. And so he right. was he was a sort of really open guy. Yeah. Uh, and then conscientiousness, you know, just being ordered and uh, dedicated and uh, wanting to complete tasks. Um, and prepared to knuckle down, all that kind of stuff. It's not you, is it? Uh, it's it's not me, I'm afraid. Um, and the archetype she gave was Robocop. <laughs> 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 Which is true, though. Yeah. That is great. Half, 
half yeah. man, half what is it? Yeah. Ha- half man, half robot, all cop. I mean, it, really good. Um, <laughs> so we've got Da Vinci, we've got RoboCop. Yeah. Um, then extra version <laughs> archetype was Axel Foley. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Eddie Murphy's yeah. character yeah. in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. It's a good one, and we sort of, I think we know, you know, broadly what extra version means. Um, agreeableness. Again, so, not you. Not no, not me. But uh, sort of anti-archetype. And she made the point that hard to know what he's like in real life. But sort of Simon Cowell, old school Simon Cowell on the X Factor. His whole thing was he, what, he's not, the anti. He's the anti. Archetype. He's like right, 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 like right, the yeah. opposite. Of I was worried there for a minute. No, no. I'd misunderstood what yeah. agreeable meant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is neuroticism. So just being a warrior, and the archetype for that is basically Woody Allen. Woody, I knew in, it was going to be yeah, Woody Allen in, yeah. in any of his films. Yeah, yeah. So to to work out sort of where you fit on the big five, you you can do a you can you can do a test online, and you just have to fill out. It's quite a light. It's like sixty questions you just have to say you know strongly agree agree a bit you know oh this is the thing you got me to do yeah exactly and the fact that it's self-reported surely is a problem yeah sure i thought that while i was doing it yeah because i don't know like i'd be interested you'd almost be interested for you to fill out mine and and vice versa and sort of compare and then like that feels like you might end up with a better sense because i just don't know because you have your own narratives about who you are that aren't necessarily true i'm yeah, sure I, th- I, I definitely thought that with a few of the questions i thought am i answering the way i'd like to be or a bit or, or the way i think i think i right, am or right. the way i actually am and 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 the other thing is that if you're looking at population levels sort of like worldwide i think there's going to be some cultural stuff in there like it's going to be much harder if you're if english isn't your first language yeah, and fitting into these brackets, I think, might be complicated because yeah. they don't. Some of these words don't necessarily translate perfectly. Yeah, and so if you're just trying to pull a load of results, you're going to lose anyone who doesn't have access to the internet. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I think non-English speakers, people who don't have the internet, you're you're going to end up with quite skewed results and and i do think you're going to have different sort of cultural interpretations of responses as well yeah and i don't think this test particularly can cope with that it's not to say it's not interesting to look at but i think there are some there are some problems okay for sure uh so uh i've got my you you did this i did this thank you and uh and i did it i mine didn't surprise me at all so the one that we did it splits each one into three, uh, into three more uh, dimensions, mm. um, which is which is quite useful. So, it, so facets of each one. So, you know, I, all I'm thinking at the moment is top trumps. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, all right, fine. So, so this is. Uh, I mean, this is what it boils down to, isn't it? Yeah. It's you versus me. Yeah, go on then. So you, you can start. Uh, uh, intellectual curiosity, <clears throat> part of open mindedness. Yeah, yeah, hundred. Oh, 88. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you'd be good on that. Yeah. Okay. Assertiveness, 88. <laughs> 50. Yeah. Go on. Uh, energy level, 75. I bet you're 50. low. Oh, yeah, 44. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, creative imagination, 75. 100. 
Hundred. Hundred. See, this is why self-reporting is a That's, bad thing. Yeah. It, I basically define my entire personality by, by being intellectually by curious, being and open-minded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. All right. As I was doing it, I didn't. I, I would. Yeah, like I say, I would be interested for someone else to fill it out on my behalf. But I yeah. didn't have anything where I felt like I was trying to sort of. Didn't feel like I had an agenda to push particularly. Yeah, I didn't until it came to answering the questions. And I thought, well, you know, I'm, well, I I'm must good. be. Yeah, yeah, I must be pretty good at that. So <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I didn't put strongly agree for hardly anything because didn't I thought you? It was, no, no, oh. I, I was sort of slightly agree, slightly disagree yeah. on, on most stuff. See, I think I'm such a people pleaser. I actually wanted to please myself. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's slightly different. <laughs> All right, so this is all very well. It's kind of fun, but what's the point of it? I mean, that's a good question. Do I get anything out of knowing that I'm, you know, that I'm a people pleaser or an extrovert? So I actually I asked Christian this, and I asked him whether any of these sort of markers, personality markers, can predict outcomes in our lives. Taken together, these big five traits are a very, very useful and powerful way of predicting outcomes in life. Similar to metrics like IQ or a person's, actually more so than measures like a person's uh, family background or socioeconomic background, that kind of thing, personality is a stronger predictor. Of those big five traits, probably the most important is conscientiousness for like success in life and uh, being healthy, doing well at work. But the others are also very meaningful. So, for example, if you score highly in neuroticism, which means you're you're prone to worry and negative moods and that kind of thing, unsurprisingly, that tends to be predictive of you know your risk for depression and anxiety and stress in life, stress in your relationships, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but each of the five does have these various connections with outcomes in life. So I was staggered by that, that personality is as good as socioeconomic status at predicting someone's longevity, for example. I mean, I'm, I'm sceptical of that somehow, even though I know yeah. our experts said it and, and we like yeah. to undermine our experts, mm. but like that cannot be true because some people, it's such a huge barrier to overcome if you're socioeconomically deprived. You, that you, you can be you, as conscientious as you like, surely. You can be as... That, instinctively, I, uh, I agree. Yeah, it, it, it feels... Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. When I, when I heard it and when I read about it, I was like, this doesn't... I sort of... Yes, I, I really struggle to believe it. Yeah. It's but, surprising, but that, definitely. Uh, but then I also slightly wonder... So your person... The, the whole point of this episode is your personality isn't fixed. I wonder how much your personality is shaped by your socioeconomic environment. So uh, yeah. I think there might be something going on there. Yeah. Do, do, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you look at, um, so conscientiousness, if you think about sort of well-being, you kind of, it, it, instinctively it does make sense that if you're a conscientious person, if you're sort of, you know, goal-directed and you're quite sort of orderly and you, and you, you know, able to, um, you know, control impulses or whatever, that, that kind of thing. You know, you're going to do well. Yeah, you probably are because you, you're going to resist having, you know, another bit of cake, or you're going to, you know, the doctor says, oh, you need to do this and 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 and, yeah. and, and not do that, and you're probably going to 
pay and you're going to do your homework and, 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 and you, need it and you're going to do you're going to study and you're going to make something yeah of yourself and it, it, and, it yeah. does make sense and it's a really good conscientiousness such a good predictor in america of gpa grade point average oh, I bet. like and even when you strip out uh sat scores still um and that that then correlates with getting a better job and in America, you know, having better healthcare. So obviously your well-being is going to be yeah. Im- improved by yeah. all of that. And then you look at, um, you know, people who are neurotic, they, yes, if you have a medical issue, you're more likely probably to seek medical advice, go to the doctor. But that is sort of outweighed probably by just the fact that you you, you worry and you're stressed, yeah. and your and your mood is more prone to be yeah. low. Um, if you're an extrovert, you will go out there and try and get support, but equally you're probably more likely to be a bit um, of a risk taker. So, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's going to. I of, think there's a strong uh, correlation there, isn't there? Um, and then if you're agreeable, you, you probably have sort of high quality personal relationships, um, but weirdly, you, you might end up doing things that you regret because you're eager to please hello yeah i mean you know here we are doing this podcast yeah <laughs> yeah 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 after a year still doing it <laughs> just can't say no yeah so i think in the in that one of those milgram experiments where you're electrocuting people um agreeable people do more electrocuting which is oh, quite, because they're, because they're, they're basically looking at the, the, the authorities. Yeah, they're like, you want me to electrocute it? Well, I will then. Well, fine, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's some nice studies of um, uh, what are they called? Um, 100-year-olds. Centenarians? Centenarians. Centenarians. Um, so in, you know, Japan and I think some in Sweden. Um, and the traits that you see in, in them are not neurotic, extrovert, and really, really conscientious. So those are the sort of uh, things ah, you want. If, if you, you want to live to 100. If you want to live to 100, which frankly I don't, so I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, I only want to do it if other people want me to live to 100. There's, uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm sad to say, I don't know if they do. <laughs> um, there's another um, sort of more discreet breakdown of, of personality that looked at um, whether those these facets will predict well-being and it's quite interesting because five of them so being enthusiastic uh being industrious being compassionate and being intellectually curious oh and and not being uh not being withdrawn are all really strong predictors of of well-being yeah and then being assertive and being creatively open sort of yeah, like have limited predictive. Yeah, I, for, I can understand for, for that. Yeah, yeah. And then being polite and being orderly and being volatile, not predictive at all. So have no effect on Might on as well not bother. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's still good to be polite, but it won't have any effect on your well being. Um, and, and similarly, orderliness, no, no effect at all. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but the, I suppose that the, the kind of the optimistic conclusion of that is this, like multiple routes to to well being, and also crucially, you you can change. Yeah, I mean that's the thing I'm really interested in. They're also doing some really interesting things with the Big Five and machine learning uh, that might produce some, I I think, sort of fascinating results. Basically, clusters like where 
where are people? Like, if you sort of map oh, the big yeah, five, yeah. where yeah. do people tend to sit? Um, we'll also look at whether we get grumpier with age. I mean, looking at you, I'm saying yes. <laughs> uh, and we'll answer uh, our question, can you change your personality after this short break? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. All right, so you mentioned machine learning. I'm like... You'd like that. I, I just want to put this on basically everyone I know... Can you, you imagine a sort of thing where it just sort of gives you the clusters of like, these are the people who do this, these are the people yeah. who do that. Uh, you want these in your life, you don't want these in your life. You, you, oh. you don't have to imagine it. It's happening. Oh. So um, Is it available now? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is. So they, they, they looked at, I think it's like one and a half million people across 70 countries. So it's a decent size yeah. data set. Um, and then they just got, the the algorithm to look for clusters and i think it found 13 and then it just honed in on the four densest clusters so it had four and those four are role model self-centered um reserved and then my favorite average (laughs) (laughs) i so don't want to be in that group you don't want to be average uh and so um Looking at each of those, so this is sort of where people are where people are clustering, right? And these are the four main ones. Um, so role models, they are they score low on neuroticism, they score high on agreeableness, uh, extroversion, and conscientiousness. And interestingly, most of those people are women over forty. Really? <laughs> yeah. Don't oh, don't incredible. don't know why, wow. but that's but that's apparently true. Uh, and then self-centered, you're high on extroversion, you're sort of neutral on neuroticism, and then you're low on openness, conscientiousness, and agreeableness. And that's mainly young men. 
and I think me, <laughs> unfortunately. I'm just trying to do yeah, the numbers yeah, in my head now. Yeah, and then I'm yeah. thinking, no, I don't want to know, I don't yeah. want to know this. Um, and then uh, reserved, I'm actually not sure that I've seen a breakdown of what the reserved people are, but you can probably guess. Yeah, it's not me anyway. Um, and then average is high on neuroticism and extroversion, low on openness, and then just sort of middling on agreeableness and conscientiousness. I don't think I'm average. No, I think I think you might be uh, a woman over forty. <laughs> <laughs> I've always suspected. Here, here's something. I'll take that. That I, I, I just again, I, I enjoyed researching this episode because there was loads of it where I was like, that can't be true. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I like that sort of thing. So when you looked at uh, it was about a million people all over the world and looked at differences in personalities between males and females and this is obviously fairly controversial yeah but by and large the consensus seems to be that yes there are there are differences when you look at big big populations yeah and, and big data sets uh, and so females will tend to be uh more agreeable more open and more neurotic well, that's the experience of being a female in a male-dominated society, isn't it? Pres- is that you have to be agreeable to get on. Right. Now, this is the thing that will that will get you, because that's exactly what I thought initially. <laughs> they then sort of plot this against uh, like gender equality within the, the countries. Yes. Uh, and so the way that you measure that is, you know, through, you know, uh, economic opportunity do and you live in Qatar? educational yeah educational attainment health uh you know look at the the, the government how you know how high are, are women getting up yeah, you know, in yeah. those ranks it's all, all those kind of yeah. things so there's sort of standard ways of measuring it the better your gender equality the stronger the expressions of gender difference oh no yeah and i was like come again <laughs> so it it sounds like a measure of success of gender equality is more gender differences in personality. That and I can't, I can't, it, it feels so wrong, but this is a big study. Yeah, but we've got our opinions and anecdotes. True. But I mean, yeah, I'll just let that sit with you. That I'm going to have to go that, away and work on that. It's extremely yeah, surprising. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, I mean, I, I guess, you know... It's really galling as well, was, given that I thought I cracked it the minute you said something. Yeah, like, no, yeah, I know. Well, I know what that is. No, no, because, yeah, because you, that was route one. Yeah. That's what you'd expect. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it sort of makes makes sense. But, yeah. but no. And no one's really, as yet, come up with any sort of um, suggestion of why that might be or anything testable. I guess it's it's something like allowing people the freedom to succeed and be who they want to be? I don't know. I don't know. It sounds quite hand-wavy, but I can't... I can't. Fine. Basically, I can't explain it. Right. I'm, I'm sort of reconciling myself to being wrong about this. Yeah. But I want to... You're going to have I, to. I still, want, I still want to know whether you can, you know, rather than just drift through life and, and have your personality sort of affected by where you are and, and who you're living near, I want to... Can we deliberately change it? Yes is the brief answer. Right. And one of the exciting areas is that psilocybin restrictions <gasps> are easing up. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 
sort of obvious, isn't it? Of course, drugs are going to play a part in this somewhere. And so research around psychedelics and personality change have really ramped up. So I asked Christian about the impact of drugs on personality. There are different streams of research in this respect. So, yeah, for example, there's research using psychedelics to facilitate quite dramatic personality change. So when people have a, a, a psychedelic trip, especially, you know, in a guided situation where they've had the experience set up in a constructive way with a therapist and then they have the psychedelic trip and then they're guided afterwards you can see some very beneficial personality changes in this kind of situation like especially like lowering of neuroticism and increased openness to experience that kind of thing but totally separate from that kind of line of work there is research for example on like chronic cannabis use for example, or, or chronic alcohol use, or smoking even, that kind of thing, showing adverse effects on personality. So long-term cannabis use has been associated with lower conscientiousness, for example. Perhaps unsurprisingly, you know, you get this kind of dampening of motivation over time. And smoking and long-term drinking also have negative associations with personality change. It could be various reasons for that. Some of it might be to do with the way it interferes with our kind of, our motivational systems. Uh, some of it could be to do with adverse effects on our health because there are deep interconnections between personality and bodily health. So through smoking, you know, you're harming your body and then that harm to your body is going to manifest in negative personality change as well. So. I think it's indisputable that drugs can alter personality um, at least temporarily and potentially sometimes permanently o- over the longer term as well. Um, and there have been these really interesting findings with psychedelics. But the most interesting thing is is very contemporary, which is research into how personality was affected by by the pandemic. Oh, um, and like we we know that people came out the other side y- different. Y- yeah, yeah, and and we know that personality does change uh, o- o- over time. So, in uh, there's a kind of there's a stereotype, isn't there, that you you as you get older you get yeah you, you grumpier. get grumpier and like yeah. more of a curmudgeon. But actually, what it looks like is neuroticism tends to decrease slowly and agreeability increases. So the older people get. They're a bit calmer, a bit warmer, a bit friendlier, uh, probably a bit more trusting um, than they were then when they were younger. But this happens over a very, very long period of time. Yeah, yeah. And what we've seen with the pandemic is small changes, but happening when you compare it to the, the speed at which it normally happens incredibly quickly. So it's probably, you'd say, like a decade's worth of change in 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 two years, wow! Um, and it's um, it, it, it's are people changing for the better? Because <laughs> I haven't noticed. No. Um, so what what they did is they they had test results from before the pandemic, then early in the pandemic, and then later in the pandemic, and it's all on the the, the big five. Stuff. Yeah. And what they saw is um, a decline in extroversion, decline in openness, decline in agreeableness declining conscientiousness um so and and the people are particularly susceptible 
to those changes were were young adults and they also showed an increase in neuroticism wow. later in a pandemic so effectively going in the exact opposite direction on every measure that you would that you would ideally call personal growth want to yeah. yeah yeah um and and so you end up with you know young people being moodier probably more prone prone to stress um Less conscientious. Uh, less conscientious. Um, and it's really hard to know why that would be, but you could have a guess and say, well, the, the, the really important stuff that young people would, be, would have been doing, like going to school or starting work, socialising, all of that would have been taken away yeah. in a way that maybe it's slightly less true for older people who are kind of... Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, I mean, so, my observation of just friends and, and family is that it really hit the sort of teenagers mm, really badly in terms mm. of, you know, affecting their life goals, their outlook, you know, what they would expect themselves to achieve. You know, it was all sort of, you know, had the sort of rug taken out from under them, really. Yeah. And I'm not surprised by that. And then I guess, you know, and friends of mine have said as well, who run firms, that they've got sort of young employees in their sort of 20s. And they said, it's been really hard for them to come back to work and, yeah. and sort of come back to the office and, and get back into, you know, and that what is they were all to, before. When you think about that, it's all going to be to do with personality, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and actually, it sounds like you don't really want them back in the office. <laughs> no, 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 these moody <laughs> bastards. <laughs> moody, non-conscientious bastards. Um, that. This research also found that early on in the pandemic, weirdly, there was a a reduction in neuroticism. Um, but then l- later on, that completely went. Almost like people were quite accepting of the situation, possibly because there was a real, there was a kind of weird sense of togetherness, wasn't there? Yeah. Very early on, we were like, we've all got to pull together and try and try and protect ourselves, protect everyone, protect the community from this yeah. from this virus. And maybe that kind of solidarity sort of made people feel a bit more confident and protected. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and this is all, you know, speculation, but they did see that. And then later on, uh, absolutely fucked. <laughs> 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 so, 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 so nothing good, actually. All right. So I'm not probably going to do like a guided psychedelic trip. No. Have you got any other way I can change my personality? Yeah, so I, I asked Christian what the what the research is looking like and, and his hopes for the sort of future of personality change as a field. It would be good to see more careful studies looking at the potential for deliberate personality change because a lot of it at the moment is, which is what I did for my book, is kind of extrapolating from different lines of research. So studies that have shown the potential for personality change on the one hand and like other studies that have shown, for example, that therapy has led to positive personality change, even though that wasn't the aim of the study as such. What's only just starting to come through now are studies that are actually looking at deliberate, carefully kind of planned interventions that have been designed with the explicit purpose of helping people change their personalities in the way they want. And we also need longer term data as well. This is probably the key thing, like long term data to make it more convincing. So yeah, there's loads of scope for that, I think. And there's there's some new work coming out on like an app 
to help people change their personalities using prompts and helping them develop new habits and things to guide personality change. So it's a really exciting area. Sounds to me like if uh, Christian Jarrett was a more go-getting, conscientious, you know, real sort of entrepreneurial type, he wishes. he'd have sorted this out mm. and, and he'd have got me my app already mm. to, to help me change my personality. Well, he has. I mean, it, it's cruel of you to say that because he has been working on things. <laughs> he's not uh, quick enough. So he was, he, he's been trying to uh, make himself more more extroverted and he said he said to us he was actually he's making some progress um and and more open to taking risks and then and then the pandemic came and sort of derailed (laughs) everything um but uh, for me the takeaway is that your personality you tell yourself a story about your own personality and then you use it as an explanation of why you do the things that you do yeah, without really any scrutiny and, and and sort of use it as an excuse. Yeah. You're just like, well, that's just that's just who who I am. But it's not fixed. Like it's it, it can be plastic if you want it to be. And it's just uh, I said this right at the start. I think you have to not be deterred by the fact that you're not going to be able to do it quickly. But if you set yourself longer term goals and think about stuff that would put you in a situation where you maybe would have to behave in in the in the way that you're trying to promote. So yeah. if you're thinking to yourself, "Well, I'm, I'm I'm bad in social situations," just slowly start putting yourself into those situations and kind of like training yourself up and stop saying to yourself, "Oh, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this." Yeah. Oh, this is just this isn't I mean, me. It this sounds isn't me. a bit like cognitive behavioural therapy. Yeah, I think it is a little bit like that. And and actually, so there's quite a lot of research around whether you can change neuroticism as you can imagine because cbt does yeah, deal yeah, with that yeah. sort of thing you know trying to make people less stressed you know less yeah. less anxious and you know and in the extreme case less less depressed um but people haven't really looked as much at the other sort of domains yeah so like conscientiousness like openness but there have been a couple of studies i think quite interesting quite small studies so intervention studies on on those two things so conscientiousness so you know being a bit more self-disciplined um, and an openness to experience, so just sort of openness to saying yes and yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to I'm going to be active. I'm yeah, going to go and do yeah, that thing rather yeah. than passive. Um, and so they they they've, they've run these tests, small group, and you know, worked out interventions that that would be useful, and then gone you know gone some two weeks afterwards and then four weeks afterwards, and they have seen some change i mean it's self-reported but still some change yeah. so i really think it it will be possible and i suspect it will be a kind of growth area yeah, of, of yeah. kind of neuroscience or may, maybe not neuroscience maybe of therapy really yeah where people say i want to be more blah yeah and people will go well actually i think we know how to do that yeah and and so you're not just saddled with your lot so I could basically say, I don't want to be such a people pleaser. I just want to, I want to piss some people off, basically, and go away and go and piss some people off, and it will teach you that the world doesn't end when that happens. That that I think would be would be useful. I suppose the thing that you would probably want to do is think about ways that instead of pleasing other people, you do the thing that is going to please 
you yeah. in, in, a, in a given context, which isn't as extreme as I'm going to piss these people <laughs> off. Yeah, that might be a corollary of it, yeah, but yeah. I think okay. the sort of the, the, yeah. the motivation has to be, how do I sort of, you know, yeah, yeah, make myself feel good about this situation, not worry too much about what these people think. Yeah, okay. um, And I think you would be able to train yourself, but it's not going to be quick. Right. If, if you want it to be a kind of permanent change anyway. Right. But I do think... You know these these stories that we tell ourselves probably aren't that useful. They're just a, they're kind of just a crutch that we're and and also other people reinforce it quite a lot. Yeah, so yeah. Other people yeah. tell you, well, that's how you are. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, that is how I am. And then you believe it, and then that's going to be how you And behave, then that's your it? framework. You're yeah. like, this is me. Yeah, this is me. So like I need it or lump Stop it. accepting what other people say about you. Yeah, me. unless unless you sort of look at it, you like you do the big five, and you're like, that's fantastic. <laughs> I'm doing really well on all of these. Uh, I'll, I'll be keep you. it as is. Yeah, yeah probably. So <laughs> uh, anyway, to finish things off, I asked Christian, can you change your personality? You can definitely change your personality. Long-term research shows that your personality will change anyway, in all likelihood, over time. And you can either be passive about it and just let life change you, or if you want, you can use deliberate strategies and be more mindful, conscious about what you do with your life. And you can choose to change uh, in the ways that you want to, to, to a degree. It won't be easy, but it's, it's certainly possible. He agrees with me. Of course, very agreeable of course you man. Think that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find myself thinking now: Can I change somebody else's personality? Well, yeah, you'd have to convince them to undertake the interventions that would do it. Yeah. Who are you thinking about? I'm not going to say any, any, literally any member of your family. <laughs> <laughs> they could all do it a bit of work, couldn't they? <laughs> Tweaks here and there. But the the thing that's going to stick with me is is that gender equality like the, the better the gender equality the greater the gender differences in personality well, can't get, I mean, can't both get of us are going to go away and research yeah, the hell out yeah, of that aren't can't, we can't get my head around it but I like it <laughs> Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards the production team is Temi Adebayo Katie Baxter Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan sound designed by Katie Baxter special thanks to today's expert Dr Christian Jarrett Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 